My name is Donald Robertson and this is a short excerpt from my forthcoming book, Marcus Aurelius, The Stoic Emperor, published by Yale University Press as part of the Ancient Lives series and available for pre-order now from all good bookstores. Please share this clip if you enjoy the reading. Marcus Aurelius did not have a heart of stone. When the news was brought to him that one of his most beloved tutors had died, the young Caesar was distraught and tears poured down his cheeks. He may perhaps have started to beat his chest and tear his clothes in grief. Palace servants afraid his reputation would be harmed by such a public display of raw emotion rushed to his side, trying to restrain him. His adoptive father, the Emperor Antoninus Pius, a thoughtful and gentle man, gestured for them to step aside. He whispered, Let him be only a man for once, for neither philosophy nor empire takes away natural feeling. Such displays of emotion were not out of character for Marcus. We hear of him in his fifties as emperor, being moved to tears when an advocate, giving a speech, uttered the words, Blessed are those who died in the plague. Toward the end of his life, the emperor likewise found himself weeping over a letter informing him that a catastrophic earthquake had levelled the city of Smyrna, modern-day Izmir in Turkey. His tears soaked the parchment as he read, She is a desert through which the west wind blows. He was a man capable of knowing intense grief. Perhaps especially for that reason, he committed himself to a lifelong training in philosophy. Marcus came to realise that although a great leader may experience sorrow or anger, he cannot allow intense emotion to cloud his judgement. Throughout his personal notebooks, known today as the Meditations, Marcus returns many times to one central question. How can we prevent reason from being usurped by the passions? If we focus on what is before us, he concluded, following reason from moment to moment, with heroic truth in every word, we will be achieving the goal of life. The pages of the Meditations show its writer again and again striving to maintain a rational and brutally honest attitude toward life's most troubling events, from personal tragedies such as the loss of his beloved tutor to international catastrophes such as the great wars that Rome faced during his time as emperor. This was no bookish or academic philosophy, but rather a way of life. The love of truth was almost a religion to Marcus. The divine nature of the universe and all that exists, he believed to be synonymous with a primordial goddess named Truth or Aletheia. Liars and the self-deceived are guilty of impiety because they place themselves at odds with divine nature. The philosopher who lives in accord with truth, by contrast, is like a priest and minister of the gods, he says. Indeed, Rome's emperor held the office of Pontifex Maximus, supreme priest. 
Marcus doubtless saw his commitment to philosophical truth as an integral part of fulfilling his religious obligations, both as an individual and as the head of state. He was, moreover, a student of human nature, whose search for truth extended to the lives of others, even leading to him experimenting with writing biographies. As a young man, he sought the guidance of his rhetoric master on the methods to employ in composing a history. In addition to his own memoirs, he began work on his Acts of Ancient Greeks and Romans, though he eventually scrapped both projects. Studying the character of others became a contemplative exercise for him. As he writes in the Meditations, Accustom yourself to attend carefully to what is said by another, and as much as is possible, be in the speaker's mind. We can perhaps see evidence of Marcus's own character evolving in his writings. The lively and good-humoured letters of his youth focus on his studies in rhetoric and the trivia of daily life, aches and pains, family vacations, squabbles among his friends. It's hard to reconcile them with the author, decades later, of the meditations, which strike a more solemn and reflective note. Although, to some extent, this is to be expected, as the meditations is a different type of writing. Perhaps we can detect a similar transformation in various sculptures made of him during his lifetime. In his prime, some show him arching his eyebrows, as if considering a problem with studied logic. In others, his eyes are turned dreamily upward, as though contemplating the heavens. Statues portraying the emperor toward the end of his life present him gazing dead ahead, his features fallen into a look of solemn resignation. The former befit an aspiring philosopher, the latter a seasoned military commander who has lived through war after war and witnessed a horrific plague. If we are going to enter the mind of the Stoic emperor, however, we need to consider the evidence of his thoughts and actions carefully. Marcus had a philosophy of life which differs significantly from the prevailing values of any modern society. Some of his recent biographers have dealt rather dismissively with the Stoic philosophy that played such an important role in his life. A more priggish, inhuman, killjoy and generally repulsive doctrine than Stoicism would be hard to imagine, sneers one, but it will be abundantly clear why the programme appealed to Marcus Aurelius. Such a view of Stoicism is a caricature based on popular misconceptions and it does the philosophy no justice. Stoicism flourished for five centuries in the ancient world, and numerous proponents spoke to its benefits and appeal. Today, thousands of psychological research studies provide scientific evidence for the effectiveness of modern cognitive psychotherapy, which was originally inspired by the Stoics. Many modern readers likewise find in Stoicism a profoundly life-changing philosophy, one which heals certain emotions rather than merely eliminating all of them. Trying to write a biography of Marcus Aurelius without due attention to the influence of Stoicism 
would indeed be as absurd as trying to write about St. Augustine while ignoring his Christian faith. Marcus was engaged in a process of both moral and therapeutic self-improvement. We cannot understand his character without understanding why Stoicism became so important to him and how it shaped his actions. In this book, I aim, therefore, to weave together evidence of his inner thoughts and values found in his private notes and letters with evidence of his outward actions taken from Roman historians and other ancient sources. That was an excerpt from Marcus Aurelius, the Stoic Emperor, published by Yale University Press. If you liked it, you can help the book to reach a wider audience by pre-ordering your copy now from Amazon, Barnes & Noble or any bookstore. I've been Donald Robertson. Thanks for listening.